Let's begin now. Welcome in. If I sound a little cocky tonight, you're damn right I am. It's because you are and you have every right to be. I've got receipts, baby, and we're playing. Before we do that, though, I want to remind you all about some things coming up this week. And in the future of weeks. Because a little college action happened this weekend. KU wins again. Mm. The Big 12's getting dangerous. And in a couple of weeks, you can go watch that Sunflower Showdown of KUK State at Jefferson's. Jefferson's voted favorite wings in KC by the Kansas City Star, Lenexa, and North Kansas City locations. Every customer that walks through the door will be entered to win free wings for a year on Saturday for the game. $2 off all pitchers during the game, KU versus K-State. At both locations and... If you're lucky, you might get to see one Nick Price. Nick can, Price. Can you imagine that the owner is so generous right. that he's willing to offer free wings for a year to mm. one person at each location that comes in just to watch what is already a must-watch game? It's what kind, a nice guy. It's kind of a bummer because I, I feel like I can't win. <laughs> That'd be such a bad look. Yeah, it'd be a little insider trading, yeah. something like that, you know? Yeah. It's like, a, you know, I've always kind of wanted to call up and – He'll play yeah. uh, three strikes or something with Vern. I'm like, they're not going to give me a prize. Right. You know? I uh, might know the answers to this thing, but they're not giving it to me. Yeah. Yeah. Carrington was nice enough today, though. I was really giving him a hard time. I just called him the king of trade. Oh, no doubt. I was like, man, you got probably like a box at your house. So you're like, what are we going to have for dinner tonight? And he was happy. And he liked it. And he gave me some trade. Yeah, it would be something like, you know, uh, you probably walk through Carrington's house and then mm-hmm. you open a closet and then a bunch of gift cards just mm-hmm. pour on out of there. You remember that Pop-Tart commercial or the Toaster Strudels commercial mm-hmm. where the kid's like, what do you do with all those Pop-Tarts that you, you hide and the locker opens up, falls out? Yep. Yep, that's Carrington. Um, but, no, we'll do uh, we'll do a lot of, of, of me being arrogant tonight because you, you're going to get it. Because it's not, uh, you know. I don't like to flaunt when I'm – that's a lie. I love to prove when yeah, I'm right. Yeah, what are you talking about? I love to prove when I'm right because this is what I said on Friday night. It just seems like maybe adding all of this can maybe, you know, add some more negatives than it can a positive somebody like Tyreek Hill. Maybe try too hard. Try to make a big play that's not there and not catch it cause an interception and then all of a sudden that clouds the memory and you have to cool yourself down i've seen it happen before we all have we've all had those times when we were in little league sports where your best friend plays on the other team and he's the pitcher or he's you know a batter that's really good and he goes up there trying to hit a seven run home run every single time and that kid just didn't play up to his normal standards because he tried to do too much second and seven for the Dolphins at the Kansas City 30. Chiefs lead 14 to nothing. They'll throw it in the near side. Tyreek Hill hit right in the stomach. Fumbles the ball. Picked up by Kansas City. Tyreek Hill with the catch and a fumble recovery up the sideline. Here comes Mike. It's it. Ryan Cook. 10-5. Touchdown. Kansas 
Kansas City. Mike Edwards hit Tyreek Kill right in the stomach. The ball came out, and Brian Cook would not let the play in. They pitch it over to Cook from Edwards. It's a 67-yard fumble return for a touchdown after Edwards took the ball and scooped it to Brian Cook. So much happening, so much excitement, Mitch. Love the teamwork to get Brian Cook his first scoop and score. Best play you've seen in the NFL this year. Don't you have those times, Dusty, when you're watching a game and, you know, as you get older, it probably happens a little bit less and less, but you're kind of, you you feel like a child, Mm -hmm. like that excitement of that jump up and you're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe what I'm watching right now. Loved it. That was me on Sunday morning at about 9.15 in the morning, which I'm never awake at 9.15 in the morning on a Sunday, but I was all about it. That play was amazing. Yeah, it was, uh, it was one of those things where, you know, it, you know, very rarely, you know, can you call your shot and it happened? And that was exactly what I was kind of thinking could happen. We heard all the audio all week. Like, they're going to get that work. Tyreek Hill, he's the best wide receiver in football right now. He's averaging 124.1 scrimmage yards per game. Tyreek Hill had eight catches for 62 yards, zero touchdowns. He had a fumble and he had a drop pass, and the fumble essentially was a game-winning touchdown. You know what's really crazy, too, is you were telling me in the bullpen, uh, I don't know, like uh, last week before the show, of how you thought maybe there would be like a big fumble and then they'd recover it and pitch it off to somebody who would be the fastest player all year and take it to the house. It's too bad we didn't get that on the radio. I know, man. Um, But, no, you you love to see it because this was a game in which was super – it was it was super anticipated. It was super uh, profiled. It felt like a Super Bowl. The Chiefs went in there, put up a 21-point lead, and I looked at everybody in my house that we were watching the game at, and I said, this game is officially over. And, you know, you have your, your few friends that are, <clears throat> excuse me, they're like, come on, Dusty, cool down. I said, I don't, I, I, it's just over. Like, this team doesn't give up more than 21 points. This offense, you know, obviously only scoring 14. We'll get into that in a little bit later. Um, but look, the most important part of this game was to win this game against Miami because they were another one of those six and two teams. They were an AFC threat tiebreaker over them is massive. And you did that tier two show Tyreek Hill, why he's gone. Show him that the, the, the formula to stay great and to keep your window of execution open is to make sure that you are equally balanced. Now, again, they would, Obviously love to have a guy like Tyreek Hill, even Tyreek Hill on this team, if you could make it work. But the thing that was so ironic and so NFL full circle was that play in itself. Because you traded Tyreek Hill to Miami for picks. And one of those picks you acquired with Trent McDuffie. And I don't think there's any secret now where he ranks among top defensive backs. He closed on that play, which how many times... Do we see Tyree Kill take that catch, put one move on somebody, get a block, and it's a house call, right? That's who Tyree Kill is. That's he, that he's electric. He gives people that work. No, no. He doesn't give the Chiefs that work. And it was one of those games where it kind of looked like maybe, just maybe, Tyree Kill's focus was, you know, a little bit too much on a revenge type of game. And you can say that I'm wrong, but I believe Tyreek Hill had a drop pass over his shoulder to put it in a bucket, and Tyreek Hill dropped it. Tyreek Hill also had that fumble that was ripped from his hands, and then you saw an unselfish play on defense where there was the Mike Williams 
give off to Mike Edwards or Mike Edwards give yeah. off to uh, Cook, and then he takes it to the house. And I loved watching Cook run on that play too. Yeah. You could tell he was like, "No one is catching me. I'm going to run faster than I've ever ran before." Right. And it feels like, and I hate to say it, but it's okay. I think in my mind, the Chiefs have adopted the formula that is the perfect chemistry to continue a championship type of, you know, memoir or a championship type of baggage. They have the best quarterback in the NFL. There's no secret. I know Lamar Jackson's playing out of his mind, but if you put everybody at a podium and said, you have the first overall pick and a fantasy draft to start your franchise, every single team would take Patrick Mahomes with the first pick. Andy Reid, in my mind, is probably the best all-round coach in the league. I know that Bill Belichick is still in that league. I know Mike Tomlin is in this league. Jim Harbaugh or John Harbaugh is in this league. Sirianni, all of them above. But again, it may not be unanimous, but if you gave everyone a first pick at who you would take to be your head coach to start a franchise, there's a lot of people, or a majority, I think, would be like Andy Reid. Right, especially when you look at body of work, too, Mm -hmm. because I think that... Obviously, the answer for 20 years was Bill Belichick, but then you've seen what's happened after he doesn't have Tom Brady with him. Right. And you've seen Andy do this with Patrick Mahomes. Like, you've seen him do it with Donovan McNabb, with Alex Smith, with all these guys, not to the level that he's gotten to with Mahomes, but Uh he's just, I mean, he's been the best of the best. Right. And I think the other thing that's great about this team is that We've said all year they have a top five defense. And then we've kind of said, the hell with that. It might be a top three defense. Now you might have the best defense in the league. Is this the best defense that you've had as a team? I I think it's the best defense in the NFL. So, I mean, if if we have a defense like that, we're going to get this offense figured out. I promise you. Um, And then we're going to be a hard team to beat. Patrick Mahomes knows. Again, this is another team that had a high-octane number one offense in the league, 14 points. Tyreek Hill had eight catches for 62 yards, a drop, and a fumble that led to a touchdown. And at the very end of the game, pressure was too much. Tua was getting sacked. George Karloftis has really kind of come into his own as as a very, very well-played defensive end and is going to make things a little bit easier, I think, in the Chris Jones saga, which we can get into this later on down the season when we bring up all the free agents on the defensive side, Willie Gay, Chris Jones, Jerry Sneed, Drew Tranquil, there's a lot. Don't need to talk about it now. We talk about the reaction to what the game was against the Miami Dolphins, and it's exactly what you wanted to do, right? I get it. The offense wasn't pretty. The Justin Watson touchdown taken away, but then the Rasheed Rice, the explosion, um, and you felt pretty good. And that's the thing about this defense is that this defense and this offense can complement each other. And if this offense can really take the turn, which we'll get into on the other side, but if the offense can really kind of figure it out, they've got the bye week to do so. Right. But this was a game in which a lot of things that were said on this program and a lot of things that happened were exactly what you wanted to see. You wanted to see Tyree kill, not be the all world wide receiver. He was, you got that. You got to see this defense match up against a high-powered offense, and it did exactly what it did, held him to 14 points. You got to see this Chiefs team play yet again another challenging team in the AFC at a chance to continue to stay in the fast lane and separate themselves from everybody else. 
and they did. You now have tiebreak over Miami. You have tiebreak over Jacksonville. And you continue to move on into the AFC, and you have tiebreak over Baltimore right now because you have a better divisional record. And you play in a trash division. So everything is going the right way. You're 7-2 and two going into the bye. I think it's important to point out, too, you know, I – I knew when the Chiefs came out and came out flat on offense in the second half that we would be hearing a lot of talk online about how, you know, well, the offense still has issues. They only put up 14 points, all this kind of stuff. Right. They played with a lead. They played with a three-touchdown lead, and, yeah, they, they didn't execute as well as they should have in the second half. I mean, obviously, you'd like to see them go out and hang another 21 and win that game 42-14, to 14, but the thing that I've been seeing that's kind of – put myself at ease when I'm watching this offense is yeah. that most of the year they've been playing with a lead and they've just been letting the defense go out there and put the pressure on, make turnovers happen right. and just do enough to get out of there without getting, getting injuries or any of the bad stuff that can happen when you're pressing too much. You're the Patriots. You have the top coach, the top quarterback, you have a top tier defense and you're seeing how methodical it can be and how other teams just can't defend it. Because if you are down by three points, you trust your quarterback to go down the field and at least get three points. Maybe a touchdown. Your defense is locked up on that side. They're going to handle their job, and they're going to take care of business. Not just keep winning games. I don't care if you win games 21 to 14. I don't care if you win games 3 to 0. As long as you keep winning and you give your chance to have the home, you give your team the chance to have the home field advantage, a bye week in the playoffs, and Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs, everything's fine in my mind when it comes to that. So it's, it's annoying because the Patriots are the last team to do this, but other teams have done it in the past. San Francisco, Dallas, Pittsburgh, they've all done it. And they've all had dynasties and franchise runs with a wide-open window that doesn't seem to close anytime soon. It's Nick Price. I'm Dusty Likens. You're listening to After Hours on the other side. The corner that must be turned during the bye week for this offense, well, they got a week to figure it out. You're listening to After Hours on 610 Sports Radio. You're listening to After Hours with Dusty Likens on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Brought to you by Twin Peaks. Eats, drinks, scenic views. Back on After Hours, 913-586-7610. That's the Jay Southland Toast Service text line. Uh, Dusty Likens with you. Nick Price with you as well from 913. Glad to hear you back on the air, Dusty Nuts. Okay. Secretly, maybe not secretly, but that's a nickname that's kind of been one of mine. Yeah. Uh, I've gotten called that a lot. Brad Fanning, friend of mine, used to be here. Uh, he used to always call me that. Always, hey, Dusty Nuts. Uh, Scott Parks at KMBZ, he'll call me that. Uh, and apparently from the 913, glad to have you back on the air, Dusty Nuts. Uh, only an hour tonight. K-State basketball, that's right, college basketball's back. Uh, they kick off the air, uh, kick us off the air, and they kick on at 8 o'clock with Wyatt Thompson and all of that. Um... Yo, Dusty, when that scoop and score happened from the 913, I immediately went to social media and said, Yo, Tyreek, karma's a B, ain't it? Freaking amazing. And then the Batman strikes in. The Batman is excited because Kansas Jayhawks basketball is ready to unleash itself tonight. Rock Chalk, dirtiest of werewolves. Shout out to Batman. Nick, you got a shout out, don't you? Oh, yeah. No, uh, tonight's shout out, tonight's show goes to my grandfather, Papa Bill. Papa Bill. As we call him. Uh, you know, had a little accident. He's in the hospital right now. He's getting stronger every day. And he's, you know, we're all praying for you. And no I know you got this. Shout out Papa Bill. Love you, Papa Bill. You get tonight's honorary. Uh, you get the show tonight, Bill. Bill Price. That's Bill Thompson. A, a Thompson. I say Bill Price is a, a hell of a strong name. It is. It is. Bill Thompson. 
Get well, Bill. We're here for you. Um, that's Nick Price. I'm Dusty Likens. After hours tonight until 8 o'clock, like we said, K-State um, will kick off. We'll do after hours again tomorrow night as well. And then uh, you won't hear me on the radio uh, Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday at my normal time slot. Carrington will be out. I'll be in. So I'll host the drive with Rob Brenton on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Cannot wait to get the text message. Where the hell is Carrington and who the hell is this guy? And then about 10 minutes later, that guy will be like, actually, you seem like a pretty cool dude. Do you want to go drink beer and talk about football and play golf? Yes. Yes. Every time. That's so funny. Well, it happens, man. Um, This is the topic of conversation, I think, during the bye week. And I know there's a lot of people out there that, oh, what do you talk about during the bye week? Well, a lot, right? There's still football to be played within the weeks. Um, You're seven and two. But there is one sort of thing that I would like to see, because I did ask Jay Binkley, who normally is, you know, one of those guys that can kind of ease me down with, like, statistical information uh, as the Chargers are going to take this punt back against the Jets. Uh, it's Chargers-Jets on Monday Night Football. Chargers just took a punt return to the end zone. Um, but Binkley will always calm me down because I asked him, I said, is there you know major concern about this offense? I think the answer is, I don't know if it's major concern because you obviously trust in what you have at coach and and quarterback. And, you know, not every week Travis Kelsey's going to have, what, three catches for 14 yards? And that's not going to happen every week or whatever it was. But there is something they need to figure out because there are things that that align. And I think, you know, Mitch Holtis, who was on the drive today at four and you heard him on the Chiefs Kingdom show. I mean, if there's anybody that you can kind of believe in the process by their voice, Mitch is one of them. I'm seeing enough there to think that in these next eight games, you will see a push forward by this offense. What am I seeing that's short is the inconsistency, the the drop by Sky Moore against Denver yesterday. NBA, these, and these are contested catches. These aren't easy plays. But if completing those plays, MBS, that was a tough play. But that also might be a touchdown. So it's getting those plays. Staying away from the get-behind-the-chains penalty that seems to throw a drive off the track. I don't think it's going to take a lot to clean it up or to tighten it. But it, it's got to be more consistent. I think that's the word of choice. You need consistency with an offense. And I think there are reasons to be concerned because it's, to me, it's such a polished system, right? Like 14 points against Miami, who's not really known to be defensively strong. But that was one of those games, I think, in which we've seen it before, where when you look at the Kansas City Chiefs and you look at what they're doing this year, it's like, okay, they know they're not giving up points so they don't necessarily need to score points. That's fine to have that narrative or to have that opinion, but it's more so of how they look or how the process is going. Now, again, total yards, they're now seventh, right? That's dropping. Passing yards, they're third. They were second. Not a big dip there. Um, and they're 12th in points scored, 23, right? And defensively, Completely different story, right? They're fourth in the league in total yards given up. They're third in passing yards allowed, um, and they're second in points allowed. So they're giving up an average of 15.9. You can call that 16, and they're averaging 23. So they're the gap is fine, right, because they're doing enough to get by, but it's more so the fact that, like, Rasheed Rice 
first drive, right, we got a bonus play because Christian Watson didn't make the catch in the end zone. And then Rasheed Rice gets it. You see that explosion go through the offensive line and use that and get in there. And then we just didn't see Rasheed Rice really get targeted much the rest of the game. Which was weird because Very he was out odd. there – and I, I think every single play on that first drive, if yeah. not like set out maybe one play or so. Right. And so for you to see him so often early on in the game, it's like it goes back to that consistency like you're talking about. It's consistently getting these inv- guys involved for all four quarters. Yeah. And the other thing that's of issue is that like, I don't, again, this is just a take to think about, but I don't know if it's necessarily like, they're kind of fickled when it comes to being on offense because I think they want to get Pacheco involved and use that time clock on your advantage and and try to, you know, sustain drives because you know that if you can give your defense a seven-point lead and give them a seven-minute offensive drive, your defense is going to be supercharged and they're going to be even more of an advantage than they already are. And I think the best part about that is is that when you look at what the defense can do, it's it's we, we talked about this all year that – you know, there's the in-house competition. The defense just says, hey, you know, go out there and score 21. We'll take care of it. And that's kind of what this game was, right? You're up 21 nothing. You went into the half full of confidence. Everything is on your side momentum-wise. You knew you were giving the ball up uh, to kick to them and because you got the ball first in the game. But it's the things that you see, the inconsistencies, which is what Mitch Holtis kind of brings up. And... The interesting part about that is, is that if Rasheed Rice is out there all the time, is he just not getting open? Is Mahomes still trying to develop that circle of trust of his of his guys? Like Travis Kelsey's always going to be target number one. He's getting locked down right now, though. Right, because a lot of times he's getting the number one quarterback drawn to him because there's he's no getting a linebacker on him, and yeah. sometimes they're throwing three guys at him. Right. So you got it. Somebody else has to step up. And I don't know if there's any belief in the theory, but I do see a lot of people on social media and a lot of high up names that will say that there's a little bit of maybe a pitch count or a saving of a Kadarius Tony. Because again, we have these weird inconsistencies and that is there's this splash and there's this vision of what Kadarius Tony can be. And we saw it in this game, like the way he makes guys miss in the open field, the way that he can be that quick lightning, you know, option for Mahomes, And then it just goes away and it's like, okay, that was working. If they're adapting to that, then something else has to be open. And again, I think that we are able to be super critical with a team that is seven and two in first place in the AFC and has tiebreak over the Dolphins and the Jags and, you know, both conference, you know, leaders. And I think that the problem is because we have seen how great it can be. And I think one of the problem is, I think there's three problems when it comes to this offense in a lot of people's viewpoint. One is the consistency, which I totally agree with. The other one is there's just not been a guy that's been the dog outside of Travis Kelsey. And you, you need that other dog. Where's that other guy? Sometimes it's Pacheco. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's Rasheed Rice. And then sometimes it's not. And Sky Moore looked a little bit more trusting in that game. At least started off that way. Still finished, like, I think, second to last in offensive snaps as a wide receiver for the Kansas City Chiefs group. And I think the other problem is, is that we've seen so much of what is a well-oiled machine that you don't have to go and sit back and say, well, what's the offense going to do? Zero points in the second half is concerning. And, you know, there's a lot of people that have the same message every week. It's like, why don't we put our foot on the gas? It's like, well, maybe they do, but they just, they're not, they're not trying to drive the right speed limit. And the problem with that is, is that if Rasheed Rice is out there 41 snaps, 
and only has two catches. Something's off there. And I don't know if it if it gets fixed this week or if the corner is turned, but it's the consistency that's got to change because you're still winning games. But you're going to have those games eventually when the season gets tighter and you start to play these more efficient teams, Philadelphia, Cincinnati, Buffalo, where maybe the game is tied 20 to 20 and you're going to need this offense to be that offense of the pass. So consistency, no alpha dog outside of Kelsey and what the pass has given us in a spoiled mindset, I think is a a combination of things that gives everyone a level of concern. I think I've got pretty much two notes on that front. And one of them is that it seems like they're starting to listen a little Mm bit of, I mean, they're not listening to us and what we're saying on Monday nights. Right. But they're starting to notice the things that we're noticing, which, you know, a few weeks ago we were like, Hey, Rasheed Rice, Justin Watson, those guys have been more consistent for you than the other guys. They deserve more snaps. Yeah. And I think we saw yesterday more involvement from both of those guys, not across the whole four quarters, Mm -hmm. but throughout the game, I was like, Hey, Justin Watson's getting a lot of play today. Right. Number four is out there a lot today. The thing that I think that is the easiest thing that you could possibly fix when it comes to what you can adjust in the next two weeks before you play Philadelphia. Mm Mm-hmm. Third and one, fourth and one, man. Yeah. I just, I mean, I just don't understand why it's so difficult and why they are so reluctant to hand the ball off to one of the most violent runners in football Mm -hmm. in Isaiah Pacheco. It's almost like, uh, it's almost like there's no concept of an I formation. Just let's hand it off. Let's do a halfback dive. Let's hit the, the B gap. Let's do something and just get this guy moving forward. I mean, hell Mm -hmm. you could do a little tush push kind of thing with, a little wishbone, yeah. get Pacheco going and just shove him over. I mean, I just, I, there was one play in particular where they got super cute with it on third and one. And I just, I just don't get it. Yeah. And this seems like something that is a very easy fix. Everybody's looking at it as just run the damn ball, run what, it straight. Why don't you just put Chris Jones in there? Right. Is I he, mean, like any of these things would be better than all of this trickery and everything because honestly, I'd rather see them go out and try to get 10 yards instead of get one. Right. And not just on like a third and 10. I mean, if you're on third and one, go run a normal five to seven yard play. Yeah. Because you seem to be a lot better at getting that than you are getting one yard. So, I mean, that seems to me as the one thing that you can pretty immediately fix on this team. And that's play calling on third and fourth and short short yardage situations have plagued this team for years. Mm -hmm. And you finally got a violent running back that can actually get the job done there. If you're, you know, I get it. If you're not willing to do the tush push, you're not willing to do the QB sneak because of what happened in Denver years ago. Yeah, that's fine. You want to protect your number one asset and that's number 15, but you got number 10 back there. He's a violent runner. Let him go do his thing. The other thing I find interesting is that it's like, why don't you also just go five wide Right, like spread and, it out. And then have three guys run like the little one-yard curl, and if everybody bites, just have Mahomes run, slide, first down. And have it's your the version old, of the tush it, push. It's the old Madden play, you know? Yeah. It's in, That's Four what's verts. been so successful for them on like those third and 15s, third mm-hmm. and 20s that they've been getting into because they're the most penalized team in football. And so when they're sitting back, they run the old Michael Vick Madden play. Exactly. Send everybody out. If there's nothing there, Mahomes, you've got all the room in the world to run. I don't, I just, I think that if somebody who's sitting here and knows play calling from Madden uh-huh. can see this and see that this is a problem and that there's a possible solution and you're not trying it, I think you're dropping the ball. Well, I just say put a 350 pound guy back there, hand the ball off and just go nuts. That's all I want to see. It's worth a shot. I mean, it's better than all these wildcat end around screenplay fake 
all of this crap. Mm-hmm. You know? All this crap. Yeah, sorry. Got a little uh, feisty old man there. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> uh, seven and two going into the bye, but there are uh, <clears throat> two teams in one tier, two teams in another one. One you just beat and knocked them down a tier, but there are two teams knocking at the door. And there is another part of me that thinks I might be right about something I predicted many, many weeks ago. You're listening to After Hours with Nick Price and Dusty Likens on 610 Sports Radio. You're listening to After Hours with Dusty Likens on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Brought to you by Twin Peaks. Eats, drinks, scenic views. Back in on After Hours, 913-586-7610. 913 says, Andy's just not showing anything until the playoffs. That's also something you could have a theory of. Maybe he doesn't want to break out anything serious because he's just leaning on that defense. Or they're the New England Patriots. On the A16, Dusty, best hour of the night. Your show is a must-listen at night. Bink would be proud. Oh, I think Binkley's proud. He mentored me enough. But the signal's up. Right? The crime has been fought, and the Batman has joined After Hours on a Monday night. Batman, how do you do, sir? You know what? Well, when it comes to crime, you know the Batman. It's, it's always, there's always multiple victims and scenes of the crime. The deal of it is right now, this year is progressing a little bit different than I thought it would. But I think I've got you coming around to my way of thinking this. This team has oh. got the potential to be out, be better than even uh, anything that we've seen. Uh, so, you know, Patrick came out uh, was six, seven completions in a row. The, the one uh, was bobbled, and then he got another one that uh, McKinney went in untouched. That's you're starting to see signs of the machine running with all cylinders, and I guarantee you that uh, with the competition that we're going to have to deal with here in the second half. Uh, which is going to be a lot tougher than, even in the first half. Uh, we're going to have seen everybody by the time we do get to the Super Bowl. So I just say, br- whoever it is, bring it on. But the see, Red Machine is going to be ready. We're going to another parade, and this time we're going to have one hell of a party. What do you think about that, Dr. Werewolf? Ooh, Dr. Werewolf. Don't tease me with a good time, Batman. Did you go and get your doctorate? I guess, overnight. Hey, you know, some of us fight crime. Some of us are just... Sports doctors. Yeah. Maybe I should be a love doctor. All right, mm. let's not get carried away. Um, look, we're halfway through the season. You're 7-2 and two going into the bye. You have a week before you get Philadelphia on Monday night football. Um, there are two top-tier teams that are entering the fast lane uh, that the Chiefs are in, trying to gain, trying to gain some traction. One's kind of getting on your bumper, and Shannon Sharp, uh, who I tend to love, I think he's great. But he makes a case in point that there might be a different team at the top in the, the AFC. Baltimore Ravens, who just beat back to in, 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 in the last three weeks, they beat Seattle and Detroit by a combined score of 75 to 9. Is Baltimore right now the best team in the NFL? Yes. They're the best team in the AFC, and it's not even close. Because now, they, not only can they run the football, but Lamar Jackson is throwing the football extremely well. Mm-hmm. Odell Beckham got into the end zone yesterday. Those young receivers are starting to, right. they're starting to come along. We know what Mark Andrews is. But defensively, 
they're getting back to playing 2,000 Ravens football defensively. When you give up less than 14 points in today's NFL, that's saying something. And now Lamar Jackson is throwing the football. Guys are making extremely difficult catches. Uh, yeah, this is the best team in the NFL and head and shoulders above anybody in the AL. Well, I was. So he has a case in point, right? You beat Detroit pretty soundly. She didn't beat Detroit. You beat Seattle. Supposed to be a good game. Wasn't. Blew the bricks off their house. I don't know if Seattle's a team that you look at and you say to yourself, well, they're on the up and coming. Maybe. Right? But Baltimore handled business. The other team that's in your window. Burrow pressured. Releasing late is Drew Sample for the first down. And Sample's got a touchdown. Looks like an old foe is starting to show that they are ready to let you know that they are here and ready to compete. Who's that? Cincinnati Bengals. Mm. And the reason I played that audio is that you heard uh, Tariko, Joe Burrow, escaping pressure, releasing late, getting the ball to his receiver, and them scoring. And he the looks most- good. He looks like Joe Burrow. I think Burrow's fixed, which means you've got a familiar foe that's ready to let you know. Here we are. And again, I, I opened the show up of, of proving that I was right. I love to do that. It doesn't happen very often. But I told you that there might be a situation in which Tyreek Hill might put himself at too big of a moment type of play. That happened. I've also said that I've thought the entire year that it would be Baltimore and Kansas City in the AFC Championship game, and boy, wouldn't that be a doozy. And the one thing that's different about this year is that, yes, Baltimore looks like their offense is rolling. Seattle, Detroit, you heard the numbers. Cincinnati looks like they're starting to get back into that rhythm. They got a key moment for a bye where they were able to rest, come back. Jamar Chase wasn't the guy. You know, it wasn't a Jamar Chase explosion game, and they beat Buffalo. And Buffalo's got a lot of answers. And I think after this week beating Miami, seeing what Baltimore could do, seeing what Cincinnati could do, I think you put the Chiefs at the top just because they are statistically. And... They are the one seed. They have the one seed as of right now in the halfway point of the season, and they're 7-2. and two. Baltimore also 7-2. and two. Obviously, Cincinnati had some flaws early on and some injuries to overcome. But the top two teams that are in your rearview mirror are now Cincinnati and Baltimore, and the two that are now slid over to the middle lane is, Bal- is Buffalo and Miami. And the thing that's so key is that you have tiebreaker over two of them. And there's going to come a time where you're going to play Cincinnati, and you're going to play Buffalo. And there were reasons why this game was so key. Now you go into the bye week, focused on Philadelphia, knowing that you're the one seed, knowing that you're the top of your division. That's essentially locked up. And now Buffalo is showing that maybe their window might be closing a little bit more drastically than we think. They've got some issues injury-wise. But again, it's Baltimore at Cincinnati chasing you for that top spot. And there's going to be a moment where you're going to play these teams. But they haven't played this defense yet. And I know Baltimore's got a good offense and it's rolling, but I hope that I'm right. I hope we get Lamar and Pat. But we go into the bye next week. You get after that, you get Philadelphia on Monday night. You essentially get, what, 13 days off? And then you go play another top-tier team. We said it all last week. We said it all beginning of the year. The season started this the past week in Germany. You're 1-0 in that season starting. You're in a perfect spot going into the bye. We'll talk about what that means coming up on the other side. For Nick Price, I'm Dusty Likens. You're listening to After Hours on 610 Sports Radio. 
You're listening to After Hours with Dusty Likens on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Brought to you by Twin Peaks. Eats, drinks, scenic views. Final segment here on After Hours. I know, not two hours. I'm sorry. K-State basketball starts tonight. They're in the Vegas playing a little football, or I mean a little basketball as their season starts off tonight. So you'll get Wyatt Thompson uh, here in about seven minutes. Um, that's okay. We'll be back tomorrow, 6 to 9. Remember, Dane and Hughes on at 7.30, Pete Sweeney on at 8.25, and Nate Taylor on at 1 p.m. on 610 Sports Radio, your number one spot for all of your Chiefs information, Chiefs content, even if it is a bye week. We're still here, baby. Chargers up 14-0 on the Jets as Austin Eckler just runs a touchdown in. You know, Dusty, I know on the other side, you're talking about the Ravens. Yeah. You know, probably biggest threat it looks like right now, or at least one of the two biggest threats. Yeah. As far as the race for the one seed goes, they've got a tough road ahead of them. Mm -hmm. They got the Browns, Bengals, Chargers, Rams, nah. Yeah. Jags, Niners, Dolphins, Steelers to finish out. Jags, Niners, Dolphins, Steelers is a triple header of just absolute brutality. Well, and I think, you know, when the Chiefs don't have a team like Baltimore on their schedule this year, you try to look at like, hey, can you beat teams that right. the Chiefs have beat or have lost to? And so you look at this, they play the Chargers, they play the Jaguars, and they play the Dolphins, all mm-hmm. three teams that the Chiefs have beat. So that's a decent way to kind of look at it and see where you stand against one of the other toughest teams in the AFC. Right. And we talked about how the second half of this schedule is is brutal for a lot. Chiefs next games or the rest of their schedule is Eagles Monday night. Then you go play the 26th of November at Las Vegas, which might be a little bit spicier of a game. We'll see how much the hype of Antonio Pierce continues to bleed through that locker room. It looked electric this weekend as those guys were uh, all smoking cigars after the end of the game in their in their locker room, which is, I think that was more of like a moral victory for the locker room because I just think that Josh McDaniels was just a total D-bag. And they were just... It ex- sucks. Yeah, they had Mark Davis down there like dancing. Yeah. Awkward. Also, did you see Mark Davis cut the bowl cut? He did. He trimmed it up a little he, bit. He finally listened to There's people. a new era in Vegas. New hair, new me, man. But the Chiefs get Philadelphia, Vegas there at Green Bay, December 3rd. Bills on the 10th and Arrowhead. Then you go to New England. That'll be a snow game on a Monday night. Then you get another game on Christmas Day, Monday night, Raiders. And then you get that Sunday afternoon matinee, 325 Bengals game, week 17 on New Year's Eve. And then you wrap the season up with the Chargers in which you could have another Starters sit the final game of the season. We'll see where the season is at that point. But the most important part is that you do go into a bye seven and two. I apologize. Um, you go into the bye seven and two, right? Probably now the big every every week we can change the biggest game. But this is one of those. You know, Philadelphia is eight and one. They are the defending NFC champion. They played you in the Super Bowl, and they want revenge. You get them off of a bye as well, so they get time to figure it out against the Chiefs. But there are a lot of advantages to think about this game that we can talk about a little bit now in the in the start of the bye week, right? Andy Reid's record off the bye week, we know the history. It's currently 27-4. and four. It's pretty good. 27-4, um, and four, plus it's a home game, so essentially once they landed from Frankfurt into Kansas City, they don't have to go anywhere. They just... 
they get to to get relax, watch other teams throughout the week beat up on each other. Um, but again, Andy Reid, twenty-seven four off the bye. You get a week and some time. You basically get a, two weeks to get it right and figure out where you want the chemistry to lie in your system with the offense, which is good, right? Like that's that's what this is for. And if you just said that the Chiefs would go into the bye week seven and two as the number one seed at the beginning of the year, everybody's taking that. That's house money. That's awesome. Love it. Need it. Get a week to prepare for the Jalen Hurts led Eagles. And you get another chance to show in two weeks from tonight that your defense is legit because you get another wide receiver one coming up against your defensive unit. You get A.J. Brown. And so far, the Chiefs have done great locking up a wide receiver one. Obviously, we told you tonight, Tyree Kill, eight for 62. Justin Jefferson got hurt in the fourth quarter, but at three for like 25 or 28. Garrett Wilson wasn't a factor. Amara St. Brown wasn't a huge factor. And these are all wide receiver ones in the NFL. Calvin and you'll Ridley, get Calvin like, Ridley. You know, you can go down the list. You can look. Right. They played a lot of really, really talented wide receiver ones. Yeah. And nobody's had a huge game against them. And it just shows you that really the one thing they got to figure out is just more consistency on the offensive side. The defensive unit knows exactly what its personality is. They know who they are. They know exactly what they're going to be week in and week out. That's just... It's it, there's no questions on the defensive side, right? You have no questions on, you know, how the middle unit's going to work. And when Nick Bolton comes back and wears the big overprotected cast on his arm, then your defense is even stronger. Ominahue, Chris Jones, Karloftis, Mike Dana, that front up front is just disgusting. And the surgence of George Karloftis helps that defensive unit. But again, 27 and four off the bye, you get Philadelphia, right? Then you get the Raiders, then you go to the Packers. Then you get Buffalo. By then, we'll see what Buffalo is at that point in the season. But carry this defense, get it right over the week on the bye, and just continue to be the lead car in the fast lane. And I think the big thing that you can look at, too, is, you know, there's a lot of negativity about this offense and how they've been playing and everything. If they come out against Philadelphia and they haven't seemed to make any kind of adjustments when it comes to their offense, right? and they end up losing that game, I officially give you Chiefs fans the permission to be a little upset about it. But for now, right. they're 7-2, and two, like you said. They're leading the AFC, and they've been playing all these games with a lead besides the one that's, the two that they've dropped. They've played them all with a lead. They've sat on it and let their strength of their team, as weird as it is to say, their defense go out there and win them the game. Yep. It's a get-it-right week, and it comes at a great time because you lead the division – you lead your conference, and you have an arguably the top one or two defenses in the league. I mean, I don't know whose defense you'd rather have than the Chiefs right now. You'd rather have that Philly defense? I don't think so. Would you rather have the Baltimore defense? I don't know if they have a consistent – I know they're good. It's probably their Up best. Up and coming. Right. You know. They've been good. But, man, you put up against an offense like that, and you put up big numbers throughout the regular season, then you see you play the Chiefs, and those numbers go down – Something's a little bit better on the one side than maybe the offensive side. I know the cliche defenses win championships, but mm, get that offense some more consistency and we'll be all right. Coming back tomorrow night, 6 to 9 for After Hours. Wednesday through Friday, I'll be hosting the drive for Carrington Harrison. We'll be taking a little vacation. Nick Price, thanks to you. 
Thank you, Dusty. Absolutely. Prayers up for your grandpa. Shout out, Papa. Get well. And as always, everybody, go out and do kind things for people. You never know. It could change their month, week, or year. It's cool to care. It's good to do nice things. You don't know how it'll treat those people throughout the rest of your week. I am Dusty Likens, Kansas City. Have a great night. Stay safe. Love you, Casey. to After Hours with Dusty Likens on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Brought to you by Twin Peaks. Eats, drinks, scenic views.